A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Hello, bonjour, and wagwan, everyone. Thank you for listening to The DNA Airwaves. This episode is brought to you by The DNA Project. Want to learn more about this great company and what they do, then please check out thednaproject.ca for more information. Each episode of this podcast is recorded at the MPL right here in Toronto, but we don't say much about this cool studio space. It's essentially a three-in-one studio. It's a film space, audio post-production suite, and a full-scale recording studio that are all integrated under one roof. You can film a movie, have a photo shoot, record, or produce your own song, and much, much more. Check them out at the-mpl.com. That's MPL like maple without the vowels. They'd love to hear about your next project and see how they can help. So that's all it is, man. But yeah, I'm looking forward to bringing LJ on, music director, Elevation Church. And another thing is he's from Toronto, right? So there's a lot of connections to both sides of the Canadian gospel, Christian, or just music scene. And then the Uh, U.S., which is, again, probably very different. So I'd love to hear his experiences. And we thought, who better than LJ Mitchell? Yeah, I'm excited to. Excited. Can't wait. Yeah. So let's bring him on. How do we do this? I mean, just click connect. I'm sure he's waiting in the lobby. Let's, uh, we'll cue some music or something. We'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know how we'll bring him in. I'm talking still just to see if we can think of something else. And the record good it. thing is, by the time you guys hear this, that will have been worked out already. And it's going to be yeah. smooth. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, let's uh, talk to him. I'm excited to hear... His journey from Toronto all the way to North Carolina should be cool. Come on and raise up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Come on and raise up. (laughs) This is it. There we go. We're live. Yellow. (laughs) Bonjour. How you doing, LJ? Thanks for joining us today, man. Good, good. Really glad to have you. We got a great conversation in store. I got a lot of questions myself, and I'm sure cool. these other two fine Definitely. gentlemen do as well. I was trying to think of a word. Fine. I was like, yeah, we'll go with Thanks. fine for now. <laughs> um, so let's just get right into it, man. Like, mm-hmm. I'm afraid to ask you this question because I feel like it's going to be a long journey, but <laughs> how did you get your start in music? Oh, man. Um, my start in music, Church. Okay. Um, my dad was, uh, I grew up Baptist, so, okay. uh, my dad was a, um, I wouldn't call him a music director. He was more like the guy that directed right. songs, sang songs on Sunday morning. Oh, gotcha. And okay. uh, so earliest I can remember is playing in, playing in church, my old little Baptist church in Mississauga. Yeah. Keys. Okay. And that's how it started. And then, um, 
my parents kind of forced me to go to piano lessons. So my first piano teacher was a lady named Miss Barack. Miss Barack. Um, yes, y'all sir. are in Toronto, yeah? Yeah. Where yeah. are you? Cool. I heard the accent. I'm in, uh, I'm in South Wait, Carolina. Yeah, I was right just going to say, you heard accent. a Toronto yeah. accent? <laughs> I heard, I heard, I heard, let me rephrase that. I heard our speak. Okay, so it's you're gonna, one of us. It's okay. going to come out. They say, they say that whenever my friends come down or um, my wife will say whenever your, your boys come down or you, whenever you guys are talking, yeah. you just go back home. <laughs> So my whole, I feel okay. I feel at ease already. So all right, um, come back, home. welcome home, man. Yeah. What are some differences? <laughs> what is? What are you hearing that's different? Do you have any specifics? Um, I'm curious. They, so we're all heavily influenced. You know, yeah. West Indian. My yeah. parents are Guyanese. I'm sure, Matt's I mean, definitely. Matt, Your no. parents are Guyanese as well. <laughs> no, we're Jama- I'm Jamaican. Yeah, I'm Jamaican. Sure. Two for two, more than anybody. <laughs> yeah, Jamaican. Yeah, Jamaican. Yeah, and um, so. We just grew up in it, and it's like the Canadian patois yep, speak. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, everybody's like, "He sounds like Drake." It's like, nah, that's how like we us. talk. <laughs> like, it's not like a. It sounds like us. Right, so, that's us, yeah. Um, yeah, way different than down here. Down here, Imagine, down yeah. here is y'all and and yeah, just that. What we would say, what we say, like redneck speak, like okay. yeah, that's how they talk down there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess you hear it, like it's it's extra enhanced because you're not in it day to day like we are. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And yeah. speaking of down here, um, mm-hmm. that's North Carolina, right? Yeah, North, South right. Carolina. I live in South, South Carolina, Carolina, but North Carolina. Okay. I guess they're at the border. So I literally Wait. live on the. I okay. live on the border. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna pretend yeah, I, like that, I, should I, I gotta look at a map. Everybody, <laughs> I live. <laughs> I live on the. I live on the border. Like my backyard is like the border of North Damn Carolina. Sense. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, um. Okay. So you grew up in the church playing piano. Mm-hmm. You got forced into some lessons. Um, classical. Classical. Yes, sir. Okay, that's actually a little bit different because we have had some gospel musicians like Warnell, um, a couple uh-huh. of the cats that grew up in the church. But I don't know if we spoke to anyone with the gospel playing influence that had classical training. So that's yeah, cool. my 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 classical training. Um, my daughter she just started doing ballet, and um, me and my wife are having a conversation about foundation, mm-hmm. and if anything. That's what classical music provided me is that that foundations because you you know you learn all your scales you learn you learn uh, dexterity you learn how to play you playing Bach and Beethoven and all that stuff so yeah. it, it 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 puts your mind in a certain spot but it's hard though it's hard to make the flip from classical to like gospel. Really? What, yeah, yeah. what was the hardest really part really of that for you? A few times too. Um, I will say that. Uh, Classical, you know, this is just my theory, so I don't oh, want to sure. get mad at me. But the, the, uh, theoretically, I feel like classical music taught me to think from the bass. It taught me to think um, this way, like right. vertically. So you play, you know, you play your low note and then mm-hmm. you build your chord and then you're reading, you're kind of reading everything. So you're not really improvising. Right. It wasn't until... I got to high school, and um, my teacher, I went to Clarkson High School. <laughs> Shout out Shout to Clarkson. Out. That even Clarkson. matters. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, my teacher, she gave me my first Oscar Peterson cassette mm. tape. Mm. We get requests. Mm. 
um, Oscar Peterson trio, and I heard this dude playing like just I never heard the piano sound like that, like where it was. It was just a whole weird sound. And then um, I got my hands on jazz piano book and that blew my mind because it started telling me that you could think about the piano this way, like left to right instead Mm. of how I've been taught vertically, you know, straight up down, you know, this was your bass note, then your tenor, then your alto, then your soprano. And then, so that's how you watched and how I learned everything. Now got guys playing through modes and playing different, you could play this scale over this, over this chord because you're, you're thinking left, right. It just, it, and then it made, it made everything make sense okay. with gospel. So Cause like I got to church and yeah. yeah, I got to church and I was hearing stuff that I didn't understand. And, you know, I, I think for the first part, I was one of those guys that, uh, you learn like, you know, you learn how to play his, like you learn how to play. Yes. I'm a believer. You learn how to play like Winans classics. And then you just take all of those chords move them around in different keys and then you know you become that guy where <laughs> you're playing yeah, but you don't really yeah, know what yeah. you're doing yeah. so that was me for a good bit and when did you decide to kind of take it to the like more theory side of things and really try and understand music from that level um so i had the privilege of being a uh music director um for a while probably since i was 20 1920 mm. And uh, I think you realize that that'll only yeah. get you so far, um, not mm. not really knowing. Because when you start playing in a band, you can't really articulate yep. what you're trying to say if you don't know Absolutely. what you're talking about. So Very true. it, yeah. it kind of inspired me to actually go back to classical mm. and get some more of the get some more of the foundation. So when I started MDing, I actually went back to classical. And um, took it seriously and got with my my piano teacher, wow. and um, she taught me so much about theory and scales and two five ones and melodics and harmonics and stuff like that. That I was able to take that and then get with some of my friends, and they were able to show me some of the the gospel stuff. And it it was in probably my second year of university. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, I'm a biology mm-hmm. major. I graduated, I went to York University, graduated nice. biology Congrats. degree, had nothing to do with music. <laughs> I but um, I would spend most of my time in that sound and imaging library, learning and transcribing and going through stuff and trying to just get that yeah. understanding of um, chords and all that stuff. So that's Was what it frustrating it. to have to go back to kind of the basics and learn as a musical director? To me, you must obviously know a lot and then to kind of have to now unlearn a lot of the stuff that you learned on your own was that frustrating for you or or was that not as big of a challenge as I feel it would be for someone like me I'll say this at the beginning it's extremely frustrating because you think that you're uh, you're not good enough so you're going so Mm -hmm. you're taking a step back Mm -hmm. now I just turned 40 last week and I now I would say that thanks, man. Now I would say that that's like it's kind of just this analogy. Um, my pastor would always say we're like uh, we, you go through these phases of life, mm-hmm. and uh, you often it's like you're doing laps, but okay. you're doing a lap at right, a higher right, altitude. Right. And mm-hmm. so 
And so it's kind of like refreshing now to go back and I'll still pull out that jazz piano book and I'll still read something and I'll be like, oh, that makes even more sense now. Uh-huh. So it was frustrating at first to go backwards. Um, but now it's like a it's like a daily thing. Like um, last year, I um, I used main stage for a lot of my for a lot of my uh, playing and realized that Ableton was the better way to go. Why was it better? So, Just out of curiosity. Ableton. Um, to be honest, Ableton, man, Ableton is so versatile. You can make it do whatever you want it to do. And for um, playing the music that, you know, I get the privilege right. to play and you want different patches and you want uh, different piano sounds and it's just click of a button and right. it's stable. So to me, the way how main stage layers, it's, it's stuff is it like it layers copies on copies on copies and it puts a lot of stress on your machine. Whereas with Ableton, I can have all the plugins loaded in and okay. just shut them off. Gotcha. And so my, but it took a learning curve. It took me four years to actually, it took me four years to actually implement it. Guys right. were telling me, yo, get on it four years ago. And it, so finally got on it. You're specifically talking about, um, uh, about using main stage in Ableton for live mm-hmm. or for music production as a whole? For live. So, uh, for live, because yeah. they're, they're made for that, right? To play without any delay. Yeah. Okay. It's just the way how it's wired and, it's just so smart the way the way how um the way how it processes with your oh, okay. machine you know I have so. a feeling that there are, we have some listeners who have no idea what we're talking about <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> main stage ableton right um can you give us a breakdown or digital audio workstations so um there are that's basically how we take uh sound that we put into our computer make beats, make music. So there's a couple main ones. Everyone's, I mean, like Pro Tools. I would just tell, if, if anyone's listening and they're like, well, which one do I get? Just pick one and learn all the principles and then <laughs> get one that you're comfortable with and then apply it. The idea for live performance, if you remember, even from the 90s, when you see a video of a keyboardist, they're surrounded by keyboards when they're performing live. (laughs) And that is because, uh, aside from the actual keyboard, each keyboard is connected to a different synthesizer with different sounds, right? So if you need a piano sound, you'd usually have a piano machine, um, which would still not sound all that great, because as it turns out, the only real way currently to make a piano sound good is to record a good piano, every key at every velocity, multiple Mm -hmm. times, and then you would be able to at least buy a sampler synthesizer that could play that for you live because you don't want to bring a piano on stage, but then you need another right, one for right. your e-piano or for your clav. Mm-hmm. So with main stage and digital audio workstations, especially ones that are primarily made to have no delay because computers need a moment to think. So there's there's a whole subgroup of products that let you pick whatever instrument you want, whether it's a real piano or or an orchestra or anything in between, yeah. and play that through one set of keyboards uh, going mm-hmm. into your computer. And then on the computer, you choose your instruments and you play all that live. Did yeah, I get I think, that right? I think you did. Yes, sir. That's the portion go. of the show that we like to call uh, Engineer's Tasty Perspective. Thanks, Jimmy. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Dariki, the reason that you can't play well yet is because you don't have the five <laughs> keyboards that Matt uh, described there. Good to know. <laughs> Yes, sir. For sure. You know what? Um, we didn't even talk about what brought you to the States and all that, but while we're on this 
mm-hmm. uh, talking about sound and delays and all that stuff. You're at Elevation Church now. It's mm-hmm. a huge multi-campus organization. And from what I know, everything is played. All the services are in sync from campus to campus, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. All right, so maybe a good time to just explain kind of how that works. So, that seems incredible. It's a beast unto itself. Um, yeah. Basically, I could say that... Um, well, you know, COVID has kind of changed up a lot of stuff and oh, sure. uh, churches evolved from uh, where it used to be when I first got down here, which was everything came from the center, uh, Ballantyne, which is the broadcast right. location. Everything came from there. Programming came from there. And mm-hmm. it was more like satellites. So they would just they would have their own live experience mm-hmm. all over Internet. Um, and we in would sync time. up in real time. And uh, mm-hmm. so we would send eight channels of audio. We would send eight channels of audio. I believe it was um, Pastor's mic, the worship leader's mic, and then uh, two stereo channels of like loops and stuff, um, keys, and then uh, click click with my mic, click with the uh, the MD's talk mic, back. talk back at the same time. So that way. You know, whatever we'd be doing at one location, they'd be the band would be mm-hmm. able to follow along in the in the other location. So um, your band is playing at the main location. Yeah, and you have other like multiple bands mm-hmm. playing at different locations. Multiple bands playing at different locations. In yeah. complete so sync. The, the bands are muted, but the click track goes. Through? So, um, we would send uh, click in the queue. So we use Ableton, right? So right. we we'd uh, send the click and the cues. To every every campus would get that, and then we would send whatever was in Ableton, whatever loops like the song had loops, so like percussion, synth, other things yeah. like that. Every band has a drummer, bass player, keys, two guitars, mostly at bare minimum. So we don't send those things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those bands play those things right. live in their rooms. But we just send them. And the way they can play it is because you're also sending the click, right. which is their timing. One, yeah. two, three, mm-hmm. four. That's what they, because they're not actually fully real time. There's still the delay. There's a of, two sec. It still has to travel in the speed yeah. of light. There's right. usually a two. There was a, there's a delay. It's um, right. 20 second delay. And then some campuses are on a different thing where, where it was like a, a bit longer, a bit of a, a, bit of a longer Sounds delay. intense. But then from yeah. there, they perform it live from their perspective. Yes. With a band. They're performing it live. That's so amazing. we would also, in addition to that, we were also sending the video as well of what was going on in the room. So mm-hmm. it's really something cool to see, like, uh, you know, the worship leader at uh, Chris would be singing at uh, Ballantyne. He'd be singing the song, and everything is getting streamed in live time, and the campuses are actually playing so he's singing the song and they're playing live, but it's at the right. same time. So yeah, that's intense. That's really cool. Yeah. Very cool. So that's that's Elevation Church. How did that opportunity come to be for you? Wow, um, they took you away from us. <laughs> it's it, well, he at about thirty. Um, wow. When I turned thirty, life went upside down. I ended up doing some time in the Middle East. <laughs> Yeah. I should have said he like got that. arrested. That was really rough. <laughs> let me let me hold on. What? <laughs> I I um I stopped him. The you were in a prison. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah, going on, bro? Oh, <laughs> really just really finding this out now. That sounded really horrible. 
Man. Yeah, we all got like okay. Um, so I stopped MDing at um at my old church and okay. um started working at uh started working at Walmart mm-hmm. in the warehouse. And uh one of my friends, Jeff, he hit me up one day and he's like, Hey, we got this opportunity to go to um Dubai and wow. play music. I was like, yeah, whatever, bro. That's that's a that's a that's a hoax. Whatever. He's like, no, this is serious. Nigerian so, bro, Prince wrote me. I swear. He, right. So I um, you know, and here's the other thing. It's like it's part of the evolution mm-hmm. of who I am. Um, because I had only grown up in church, only known church, only known the church box. And I'm sure if you've talked with guys that have been in in the same similar kind of scenarios, it has its pros right. and it has its cons. Um, growing up. In church, I still, th- I mean, it's my foundation. It's what I do. It's what I love. But there can sometimes be a little bit of a disconnect between what's really going on in the re- <laughs> what's really going on in the in the yeah. re- in the real world. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, that's when we talk about like, well, is are they even having any influence? Are they even being effective right. nowadays? Because like, I mean, you still you're still fighting about yeah, tattoos and yeah. ripped jeans and 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 yeah. hair dye, like. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you want to waste time talking about that, um, but mm-hmm. I left, and uh, so we did this audition, and this is the first time I had ever. It's like it was like a three sixty because in church, it was like you know don't be too showy because you know yeah. God don't like that. Don't 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 move too much because you know <laughs> why should be excited? But the moment that the moment that you get a little too excited, all of a sudden, and and going to performing. Where you right. have to be on, like you're the main show, you're yeah. the you're the attraction. Right, right, right. Um, so we did end up getting the gig. Uh, went to Dubai. Um, and did some time. Did some time. <laughs> <laughs> did did the circuit out there. Yeah. Uh, I got engaged during Ramadan. Came back, and then it was like in my a couple months in. Uh, she called me and she's like, "Babe, I think you need to come home now." And I had been feeling like I need to come. Yeah, I need to come home. Um, which is scary when you leave what you've been building for, you know, a yeah, certain amount sure. of time. Yeah. You lose connects, and life life has to go on. Definitely. Like you know, people are gonna yep. fill your gig, or you know, like That's it's not true. to say yeah. that you got Someone forgotten, but place. like yeah, life goes on. Sure. So yeah, you're coming back, and you're like starting from ground zero. Like you're 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 literally starting from the Mm-hmm. From the bottom again, yeah, yeah. Um, and so we ended up. That was the first time I heard of Elevation Church when I was in the Middle East. Um, okay. And uh, you know, it was like, you know, one of those. It was like a surreal moment where I flipped open my laptop, was watching on YouTube, watching my pastor, and he said, "Doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter where you've been. Um, God loves you, has a call for you on your life. It's time for you to come home." Mm-hmm. And it was too close to what we had been talking about to me right. to be a coincidence. So right. um told my band, you know, handed in my two weeks. Broke out of jail, <laughs> Matt. Yeah. Uh handed in my two weeks and then um and uh so left. Uh we went back to Calgary actually. So we didn't I didn't go right back to Toronto, okay. I went back to Calgary. It was surreal because I couldn't do music. Like Calgary really didn't have a. Mm. I don't know, man. It was weird. There was, I was at a right. good place, 
I was newly married, um, learning about marriage and just enjoying that phase of life. And I set up on my keyboards in our apartment and I would play and I would practice, but um, didn't want to go work in another church at the time. Didn't want to do any of that. So ended up uh, using my biology degree and went back into pharmacy. So I was legit going to go back into pharmacy (laughs) in Calgary. So worked at London Drugs as a pharmacy tech for a while. But during that, I would follow Elevation. And it was the strangest thing. So when we initially started talking about going backwards to learn foundations, I would wake up every morning, 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock, and just get up and practice. I didn't know what I was practicing for. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a job. I didn't have nothing lined up. But I would get up and I was cutting up things. I'd be... You know, mm-hmm. listening to jazz standards and working mm-hmm. on my chops and and just getting uh, getting better. Got to say, shout out to Chick Corea, one of the greats who just I who just have. left us. Um, yeah. um, was doing that, and then on Sunday, because the church service would be streaming live, we would hook up our laptop right. and we would watch, and mm-hmm. I would play along. Oh wow! So. I would play along with the songs, just me in my living room, just playing along. Yeah. And I didn't know, mm, they had, uh, they were asking to do auditions and my wife came in one day and she's like, hey, you need to do this audition. And I was like, nah, I'm not really trying to do that. I was, plus, they're yeah. in America, man. They got, they must have thousands exactly. of keyboard players just True, yeah. lining <laughs> up, ready to get at the, you know. Uh, so, got home one day from work. She was waiting for me at the door. Wow. And she's like, you're going to do this wow. audition. So she filmed it. We did the audition. Time passed. I sent the audition in. They called me originally and said, hey, do you want to come down to mm-hmm. do the live audition? But things didn't work out. Uh, so I still yeah. stayed in Calgary. And then we decided that our time in Calgary was up. So we went back right. to Toronto. Back to We had a house in Brampton. Back to our house in Brampton. Wow. And uh, we're going to start over again. Yeah. So... Uh, this time I'm working at McKesson Canada. So I had like music was just like, you know, it was just something that I did in in the background, at least still practicing, still, it's still a part of me, you know, but I just wanted to be a good husband and build for for my family and do all that stuff. So, um, the audition went to elevation church in Toronto and just, and just started serving there. Just started playing, just wanted to be on the team. When I walked in, you know how like people from your past, there's always somebody from your past that like kind of trickles into where you where you want to be. So I walk in, they don't really have a keyboard player. It's old dude from my old church. Oh my God, LJ's here? Oh wow, you know, did the whole thing. I was just yeah, trying to yeah. sneak in the back, mind my own business, slide <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. This guy, you know, I gotta thank him for it because it has me where I am today. But it's he big. talked to the MD and the MD there was like, well, you know, if you want to join the team, uh, you know, th- there's an audition that we usually do. And I was like, oh, you mean like this audition? Because I had it on my phone <laughs> yeah, from a year yeah, and a yeah. half ago. Oh. <laughs> so I showed him that audition and he's like, yeah. yeah. So, and you know what, man? I was mm-hmm. good. I was good to just do that for the rest of my days. I wasn't looking to yeah, do anything wow. else. We were at a school at the time. So we would get up at five in the morning, set up, play, really play wow. two songs, got to see the whole point-to-point thing from charlotte i was like man this is cool 
pack up, go home. We moved to a new location. Uh, one of the worship leaders from down here went up there, heard me play, and I didn't know that they were looking for a guy with a unique set of skills down right. here in Charlotte to play. So mm. I'm 40, Pastor Stevens mm. 41. So we grew up in the same era, in the same time, with the same music, same hymns, whatnot. He grew up, um, he grew up, he didn't grow up Baptist. I don't want to say he grew up Protestant, but he grew up in one of yeah, those yeah. denominations, between, just like yeah. me, who uh, we sang a lot of hymns. And so uh, they were looking for a guy that could play hymns, but could play gospel yeah. as well. Because Pastor right, Stephen's right. a gospel head. I'm going to tell you, he's a gospel head. Like, gotcha. he's like a real one. And, um, <laughs> a real one. And, yeah, he's a real one. Like, <laughs> like a real one. His first text to me about gospel was like, yeah. He sent me James Hall, God Wants a Yes. And he said, top top 10 gospel song of all time. Wow, now, you you got to know gospel to know James Hall in New York right, and right. all that stuff. Brooklyn, yeah, but. yeah. So, um, the guy, the worship leader that was in Toronto took my name back down and said, hey, man, you got to hear this guy, LJ, play. He's at the Toronto campus. Then Mac, who was there at the time, said, wait a minute. Was that the guy that sent his audition in two years ago from, from Calgary but couldn't come down? And then Mac messaged me, which I thought was another <laughs> hoax because like these are like the big time right. guys to me now. Him yeah. and, him, he's like, hey, you know, I remember your audition for a couple of years ago. You want to you want to come down and do this audition? And I, and then they said, but there's one catch, you know, that we're looking for a specific guy. Do you know these songs? And he sent me a list of the, all these mm. hymns, mm. which I had. Like I told you, my dad was a song. He grew up song, on, yeah. So I grew up right, playing right. all of those. And then there was a list. And then the list got weird because it was like all this Israel Houghton stuff. I'm a big Israel Houghton fan, like right. huge. Um, Aaron Lindsay, Newbreed, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there was some gospel stuff in the list. There was like Vashon Mitchell. There was some weird stuff in the list. And I was like, yeah. And I, I wrote them back and I was trying to be humble, trying to be Canadian. <laughs> Sorry, man. No lie. I, I probably don't know about five of these songs. Yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah, they've yeah, heard yeah. that before. Yeah. So flew down at our Blakeney campus. I met Chris geeked out a little bit because that was like my dude that I would see right. on TV all the time and yeah, I yeah. mean I mean the rest is history man I sat down did the audition and uh, kind of never turned never yeah, turned back man <laughs> yeah. just came down and the rest has been a beautiful journey from where I started to where and I now am now you're the MD there I'm actually the broadcast worship director so it's I was the and MD. Can you explain to our audience so real quick I, I, though what a musical director does and specifically what your role would do okay. in a church setting? All right. So when I first Yes. <laughs> no, no. Um <laughs> when I first got down here four years five years ago, all I was was I was Pastor Stevens right, Keys okay. guy. So he would preach, I play keys, and then I was a part of the team. Um then the, I wasn't even directing the band. There was another great guy named Lance who okay. was directing the band. Lance transitioned, and uh, then I became the music director, which would be the the guy who would be calling everything to all the other to all right, the okay. campuses. 
that's where I was for about a year, year and a year, year and a half. And then then Chris, who I mentioned, we started working closer together. He was actually my supervisor and uh he would he was teaching me about, you know, set building, a lot of the stuff that I had known how to do a, a right. certain type of way from mm-hmm. being back home, because I'm a former, I'm a retired worship leader. <laughs> retired I'd say worship he used leader. to sing and play and all that. But oh, he, um, he, was, he, he would teach me all that stuff. And so then it just progressed into like uh, doing the musical arrangements for Easter, Christmas, mm. all yeah. of that kind of stuff. And to where now it's like, that's still what I, that's still the main thing that I do. So, I basically feel the weight and the responsibility for the music that goes out on a Sunday morning. So whatever, if you ever log on and never see whatever, you know, musical arrangements and song choice and stuff, I I get to be a part of that and program that every week. Oh, man, that sounds like a lot of fun Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of work, too. But um, so Elevation Worship is a group. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, check it out. Uh, great stuff. I, definitely one of the biggest, probably globally now. It's got to be, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and y- yeah, yeah. It's, I imagine so. And you're a part of that process, like writing songs. Are uh, you part of the whole? So I, um, the our process is beautiful, actually. So Pastor <sighs> is a songwriter at heart. So okay. he'll write, yeah. Pastor Stevens, a, he's a, he's also a okay. former worship leader. Um, so and also former band director and former MD. So you can't, I can't pull any punches with him. Oh, when, he knows his stuff, right? Yeah, he knows right, his right. stuff. <laughs> so uh, he, uh, I, I came into the system that was right. already being developed. So they mm-hmm. were writing, um, uh, they would write songs, and it's. It's an interesting thing to be a church that writes writes music, um, mm-hmm. because you're. It's like it's very important the words that you're putting in people's mouths. It's very right. important. It's not just like True. a you know a thing that we don't take we don't yeah, take just seriously. Not what sounds because, good, right? There's it's very it. important gotcha. that that the the songs are full yeah. of truth you know, faith-filled, impactful. Yeah. So team that writes, Pastor Chris and that team, um, watching them write is a, uh, it's like digging for gold, man. It's like they'll write something and I've only been, I've been a part of a couple of the processes to see it, but it's like they write something and man, can we say that better? Or is that right? Is that going to connect? And then there'll be like one version and then you come back and you'll be like, no, nah, that, that, that's better. And then we'll sing that and then, no, nah, that's better. Then they'll sing that. It's always just this, this thing of watching them go and, yeah. and, and write and try and find the right words. And then um, we would uh, usually anything that is like recorded, mm-hmm. we would sing it in church. So our church family had kind of heard the heard the songs right. already. So they've you know they've yeah, been on yeah. the journey like you know like song like do it again. I'll never forget because it was the first oh, song that I heard okay. like from scratch when I got down. Right. Oh, the whole process. The, yeah. the 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 song and to watch where it is right now, um, it's kind of unreal. But uh, where I would come in is band wise, like the song would get written and then we bring it into church on this we try to sing it on church in that weekend. And that's where it was like, 
you know, um, Aaron was our is our main producer who produces stuff. Chris is getting into it a little bit more now. And the, everything's always evolving, man. Like people are coming and, and getting and building us and getting the stronger. So um, yeah. we would play the song on the weekend. And then usually where where the work would get done for the sculpting of the song would be on the weekends. But then we go into like pre-production for like the okay. album. And then that's like like a two-week intensive of like, here's these songs that we're going to record. Right. We get in and then it's like hours and hours on the studio and that's where we're trying like different guitar hooks piano hooks sounds patches arranging of the song um you know at that yeah. point like the song the melody is pretty much concrete it's just like adding the other things onto the song and then that process is is grueling sometimes it's sometimes you'll catch a groove and you'll hit it and then it's just like yeah. man that's amazing other yeah, times, struggle. <laughs> it's like banging yeah. your head against a wall, waiting for something to like to inspire uh, you to yeah, then yeah. go into the and go into the next thing. So it's been a beautiful journey. Um, there, uh, COVID has made things a lot more interesting. There's songs like a uh, like Rattle that you know, Pastor wrote the song and he's like, "Man, I think we got to get this out now." And then we just went to the we went to the campus got around the song felt the energy of it mm-hmm. and recorded it and that right one on there. the album so it's never really like a process there's not really like a this is what we do a b c d yeah, e f g yeah. um it's always like a challenge to like um create and reinvent it keeps you fresh it keeps you i don't know man it keeps you like inspired yeah to not yeah, just yeah. default not just to formula, whatever you right? know you know um, I guess a question for our upcoming and budding songwriters. I know it's always a little bit different approach, but if you could talk us through like a typical, would you say that you are whoever's kind of behind the writing part of it typically comes up with the melody or the words or does it differ? Like, how does that work? From what I've seen, um, there's so many beautiful ways that a song comes about, you know, like... Uh, I think about a song like um, I think about a song like uh, "Graves in the Gardens," which was, which didn't even start out as a song. It actually started out as a preaching series that Pastor was going to do. That um, we the whole church got around, and it's just this beautiful thing about how our hearts are gardens, and and uh, what you plant grows, and you know what you what you water flourishes, and. Mm-hmm. He was preaching a sermon, and then one line he said at the end of a end of a sermon was, and he turned his grave into a garden. I remember the moment he turned a grave into a garden, and then Chris <laughs> Chris messaged him and said, "Hey, that's that's a lyric. We got to write to that." And so mm-hmm. they, I wasn't even around. They they got in, they wrote the song, and then brought in just just the, the all the songs were just like. <laughs> keyboard piano maybe a guitar and a, and a and a and a vocal yeah um but the very meticulous with melodies very 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 brilliant with melodies and 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 uh writing and the and the idea some songs come like that a song like there uh a song like what would you do happened in a worship moment at church um 
I don't know, man. Like it's different things inspired. Yeah, yeah. They're always writing. Like the team is always writing, uh, writing with different people, mm. and uh, just staying inspired like that. So it usually goes some song right, then I'll get like the demo, and you hear it and you feel things like um, like mm-hmm. the song "The Blessing," for example, that uh, caught on really last year. That they were writing with Carrie yeah. and Cody, wrote the song. That was a Thursday night. Got yeah. the demo Friday and said, "Hey, we got to do some church really? on that Saturday." Quick of a turnaround. That's crazy. And it was, just went straight to it. And it was like that. So I was like, "I'm trying to like." It's not really like a right. a formula of like yeah, how it, yeah, yeah. how it usually goes, but that song is always going to be special because it was that was the moment. Like you, what everybody saw was the moment of it happening. It was yeah. beautiful. So wow, that um. What tip is that? What you said? What, what was that? Was that the question? I feel like I went off on a tangent. No, no, I think you got it. I was just oh, kind okay. of wondering, like, just to talk us through the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's kind of different, and there's a lot of people who just are trying to figure it out still. So sometimes, like you said, the inspiration could come from anywhere, yeah. really. I mean, um, you can't write about what you don't know, man. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. You can't write about what you don't feel, what you're not passionate about. Like it's got to be real to you. It's got to be real. It's got to be in yeah. you. That's the most I could say. Like you, you can't, you can't even play if it's not in you. Like it's, it's got to be in you. Yeah. And it's usually the times that no one else is watching that you're getting right. developed. Good point. Ooh, so, that's powerful right there. That, that is. Yeah. Oh, um, well, at Elevation Church, <laughs> at Elevation Worship, that's the main thing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, at LJM Music, that's my um, Instagram handle. That's where but, you find it. Um, yeah. You know what? Let's talk to, I guess, up and coming or people who right now are working as musical directors. Mm-hmm. Could you give some advice as far as just like structuring rehearsals or like the mm. process of preparation going into these shows and rehearsals? Um, what I would tell a music director is to, I mean, understand that their first priority is to serve their team, not to be served. Their first priority is to make everyone else around them the best that they could be. That's the first thing I'll ever... If you can approach it from that perspective, mm-hmm, then it makes yeah. life easier. It makes your team uh, follow you. It makes um, it makes what you say stick. Uh, right. Most music directors, I always say, you got to line up with the, the visionary in the house. Um, you're in a position to uphold them. Not the other right. way around. Um, if you're looking for your time to shine, or if you're looking for your your place to make a name for yourself, then you're in the wrong. Then you're in the wrong. <laughs> you're yeah, in the yeah. wrong field, and that's yeah, just Tycom for that. I, I would even say like that's not just church MDs. That's like like Adam Blackstone is one of my like like the guys that I look up to so yeah so much. I never met yeah. him. He MDs um, for everybody, right? Yeah, I never met him, but there's a reason. There's a mm-hmm. reason why he MDs for everybody because he'll take JT's show, 
JT will say, oh, I want this, 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 and this. Yeah. Amazing. And he makes yeah, it happen. Top names, yeah. You know? Yeah. That's like, those are the best MDs, are the guys that could take the art, the artist's, uh, the producer's project, the artist's project, and like convert it into whatever it needs to be for the for the other bands. That's that's the best. That always keep learning. Mm. And um always remember that you only have one name. And True. you only have one name and you want your reputation to matter. You know, um I'm not saying that everybody's going to like right. you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying that you can control certain things about your reputation. Be on time. Know the music. Mm -hmm. um, hit the goal Thank that you're asked to uh, you're asked to hit. Um, admit when you don't know, or uh, or get help when you when you don't, you know, get help when you don't know what's what's next. Uh, True. Um, as far as preparation, don't just know your part. You got to know yeah. the music. I think there's For a sure. difference. As I'm getting older, big difference. Yeah, you gotta you gotta know the music. You gotta know what everyone's playing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know the chords and everything. You gotta mm. know what everyone's playing, and you have to be able to articulate, um, articulate what you're trying to say. Articulate what you want to hear. You know, right. some days, some days, bands some of the guys that I play with, I'm like, hey man, here's the goofy, <laughs> it's a dumb voice memo, but I think you're gonna get what I'm gonna, what I'm right. what I'm trying to say. Right. You know, if the drums could go like, I think we should go, uh, da 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 da, hold that six, and then two, 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 five, four, and then I think the guitar line can go, ba da da da, like all that stuff matters. Um, because you're just trying to get it out, like you're just trying to get the, yeah. get the point across. So, um, uh, yeah, pay attention to everything. Um, pay attention to what the music is doing and what it's not doing. Like, if the song is intended to, you know, like a pet peeve of mine for MDs is like someone will give you a, a R and B track and they try and turn it into rock, or someone will give you a, mm. a rap track and they try and turn yeah. it into gospel. Like it, it. It <laughs> let the song be what it is, True, and then yeah. try and make and then implement that. Unless you're asked to completely change it, like don't you know, like don't force yeah. it. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, and that's, don't force it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That leads me to another uh, question. Uh, mm -hmm. Probably kind of a hot topic in these last few years, especially. Mm. And this is just specific to gospel music, and I'm sure you're familiar with <laughs> the is. term CCM. <laughs> Here it is. CCM. Finish my question for me. CCM is Christian contemporary music. Mm -hmm. um, I'll let you describe. But what what you is describe that? Sorry, as, how like, does that differ from just like calling it gospel music? Just to an idiot like me, sorry. Uh, you're not an idiot, okay. and he's about to let you know. You know, it's the it's the it's a hot topic. Yeah, for sure, Anthony. It's a hot topic. Um, there, <laughs> I struggle with trying to see the 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 with trying to see the relevance of putting things in two category yeah. in two categories. That's mm -hmm. just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But gospel music has yeah. a sound. Um, it's played a certain way. It's uh, 
it's um, the way how yep. it's sung. It's the it's the ability of the bands to play and do whatever. It's the simplicity of the simplicity of the lyrics, mm-hmm. the beauty of the music, um, the complicated. Sometimes it's complicated stuff. True. Uh, yeah. In the, in the music, um, it really it's a genre unto itself. It's choir music. It's hand clapping. It's foot stomping. It's it's beautiful ballads. Uh, it's yeah, it's rooted in 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 our in our you know I want to say our black roots. It's yeah. it's who we are. It's um you know yeah. That's, so that nails it. Yeah. So what's uh, CCM or Christian contemporary? Christian contemporary music that? is this is this term. I mean, I'm trying to figure out when it got fashioned, man. But yeah, I don't know where it came from, but I hear it a I would, lot lately. It's like, I would say I started hearing it like I'm gonna date myself, but like maybe, hmm, maybe around like I would say when like Michael W. Smith and DC Talk and those guys around that time of 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 Christian music, where it became more mainstream, and it became, I guess, radio friendly. And it just it basically branched away from what you would expect church to be, which would be organs and hymns or upright piano and a hymnal. Uh, so like the mm-hmm. Jesus cultures and, it, and the hill know, songs and stuff like that. Yeah, Jesus culture, the hill yeah, songs. Yeah, you yeah. see, that's it's even you mentioned hill song and it's wild to me because when I first heard it was just right. praise and worship music. Yeah, that's all it was. It was Alvin Slaughter and it was Ron Canoli and then it was Hill Song. These mm. people that came in yeah. from Australia and they were just doing this music and it, you know, and then all of a sudden it like, it became a, it became a, um, a, a subgenre. It became a, a, a thing, CCM versus gospel. And from my perspective, what I've seen is, um, really, uh, you know, so many things I could see because I've kind of watched it evolve. Like I've, I, I grew up when Verity Music had yeah. everybody, mm. Kirk, John P. Key, uh, Hez, every when they had when they had everybody, Clark Sister, everybody, you name right. it was on Verity, Verity's Fred Hammond, everybody, and then CCM was just kind of Sony and whatever. I can't even really articulate when the divide got mm. so strong. Right. Yeah. But I will say that the reach of one um, gospel gospel isn't an easy right. thing to play. Everybody can't you can't just wake up in the morning and decide you know what I'm gonna roll up my sleeves and play gospel. There's so many nuances and things to the music that you just have to know that you have to just specific to the music to grow. Right? Yeah. I feel like you have to grow up in it and you have to 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 experience it so that's why i love it so much ccm started catching on because it was very simple very uh very simplistic music that your average person could pick up a guitar and play your average church could get up and play the music and i know it's a knock now right where people are like well yeah if you want to just play four chord i see all the memes i get it all Mm. in my dms too I've been told I sold out. I've been told. Oh wow! I've been told like, you know, 
you name it. Uh, let's get back to the original music of God. And, and mm-hmm. it breaks my heart, to be honest, because you're sitting over there fighting these two genres, and I'm like, who are we right. really fighting? And where are you the, all trying at, to at go? Like, what, what are we really trying to do? Where you, like, well, <laughs> what are we really, <laughs> yeah, really trying to question. do? Like, it, it's if everybody could play it, they exactly. they would, you know. Um, so there, the debate for me is, I, I will say, I feel like. Um, and I know that probably a lot of people are going to hear this from from back home, so I'll choose my words <laughs> wisely. But I used to be that guy who was okay. like, if you played anything to me that had guitar strings and, and that kind of beat and had those chords, I would say, that's right. not music. Mm, got you. But I realized it's just, it, I feel like it was just me I can't even imagine where I would be if at some point I didn't make a choice to open up and say, well, what is this? What is this doing? Oh, yeah. Let me try and adapt that. Let me try and adapt who I am to that. Right. And that I just feel like it's some man. I'll just call it what it is, man. Sometimes I feel like it's an excuse to not grow. Absolutely. Because like if you're if you're just going to sit down and like. You know, you're just not gonna you're just not gonna grow, and then you're not gonna get called, and then you're not gonna be you'll mm. never be Blackstone, you'll never be anything other than like in a in a in a <laughs> in a subsect of of music, staying over there, gotcha. fussing at why you can't grow and why you can't be anything better than this because all you've ever done is surround yourself in yeah. this. With the same. So, gotcha. I. I don't know, man. It's it's a it's a hot topic. It really is, man. But it's, no, I appreciate your perspective <laughs> on that. Um, maybe final question for me, at least, mm-hmm. um, and maybe in the same vein too. So you at Elevation, you come up with they. You guys write all your songs. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't always perform them the way that you write them, right? Like how much? Okay, so how can you just maybe leave us with that? How do you go about changing your own songs and breathing new um, life into them, so to speak? That's been that's been fun because we've been doing that a lot, um, a lot recently. We won't change the melody. Okay. You, you'll hear like there are certain things that we won't like. The melodies are usually always still the same, and the uh, the progressions for the most part are. Are, are the same give or take but then that goes to this that whole thing of like well what would it sound like to do um a, uh, a gospel version of this song right got you then you take the song and then you and then you do it that is one thing that i love about where we are right now as a church like if you listen to graves and um, i mean it has a little bit of everything on it right and that is a testament to like trying to you know i could spiritualize it and say trying to be the trying to really be the church but Mm. it's like being able to express different styles um so that's been like okay let's take this song and can we approach it um gospel this week why 
just because we want to approach the gospel this week. Can we can we do this song and sell out to rock? Freedom. Sure. Why not? Let's sell out right. to rock and do it. Do we want to do country? Why not? Who cares? Like, do you want to do? We haven't done reggae yet. We haven't oh. really because you know the island things are are very uh, are very specific. But like, but it's a feel thing. That's like a, yeah. <laughs> we haven't done that yet. But um, it it's it's been beautiful to see one one song taken and in one season it sounded like this and then another season it sounds like this and it's still the same song mm-hmm. with the same truth with the same lyrics but just expressed a different way and it yeah. reaches two different kinds of people like we did an evidence album we got with israel and and um we did all this gospel versions of these songs right and then if you listen to the album, this we got like rock. Like if you listen to church that stream last week, we were just like rocking out. Just something for everybody, just right? Play the music, man. <laughs> just play the music. Just, just play, play the music, yeah. man. We're like gonna that. get you out of here. We really appreciate you uh taking the time to talk to us. Can you just one more time just fun, uh, shout out your personal so socials and where people can follow along your journey and maybe check out more of elevation music? So, at Elevation Church, Instagram, at Elevation Church, at Elevation Worship on Instagram. My tech is at LJM Music, L-J-M-M-U-S-I-Q. Um, that's Facebook and all that stuff is the same. Uh, you can watch us every week. I mean, yeah. go on YouTube. There's a cool video uh, with, I believe it's you with Steven, right? Am I wrong, Anthony? Where the, is this the one, uh, yeah, yeah, Every yeah, Breath? yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was hilarious. That's, Definitely uh, check that one out. We all post the a clip um, of that. Yeah, all the sermons are up online. Like every week we broadcast live at elevationchurch.online. You can watch it every week. Like it's Dope. you can awesome. see it all the time. Hopefully we'll Definitely. get out there one day, man. I heard North yes, Carolina's sir. beautiful. Make sure you hit me up. Thank Definitely. you so much, man. Appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, man. As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com slash Captivate today to start your free trial. A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music, that's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information.